Well, hello there. It is great to see you again, and welcome back to another installment of Your Money and a Cup of Joe. I'm your host and moderator, Ryan Ruff. We've got the star of the show in Mr. Joe Kaleo. He'll be joining us momentarily from Kaleo Wealth Management Group uh, for another wealth management-related discussion. That's what we do here on the show. Today, we got a really good one teed up for you guys today. As you know, in past episodes, Joe and I, have we've, we've talked a little bit about the idea uh, when that moment comes for wealth to be matriculated down to, to future generations, and it, it can tend to bring some issues and challenges up for different families. And we're going to get back into that topic today today really what we're getting into is this idea of inheritors and their their quest for legitimacy really so let's let's step back for a hot second believe it or not you know it's not always the easiest thing to inherit significant wealth there's going to be tremendous amounts of pressure to to prove that the heirs deserve the money uh there's just pressure from all angles we're going to get into where that stems from and whatnot here in a moment but really, uh, you know, there's just a lot to unpack in this, this what we call the quest for legitimacy. Uh, and I'm excited to, to unpack all of this with Joe today. So with that being said, let's go ahead and bring Joe out and get the conversation rolling. Joe, good to see you. How are you doing today? Ryan, I'm doing great. Great to see you. Great to be with everybody again. Well, hey, we're talking inheritors today, Joe. And I, I think the general opinion, many people would assume rather that inheriting significant wealth, that, hey, there's only upside to this. Well, we want to let people know today that for some and being, you know, an inheritor and getting that inheritance, it can also come with some pressures, some challenges that have to be acknowledged. Let's start there. Talk to me a little bit about this idea. Ryan, there absolutely are challenges and people don't often think about it, talk about it, even want to address it because once it goes from the giver to the inheritor, they think it's their money but it really comes with some importance because the wealth that's inherited from parents or grandparents or other family members can come with feelings of doubt or even guilt. And inheritors have a great desire, even a need to justify their wealth and to prove to those around them that they deserve what they've gotten and how to make the most of it. So it does come with responsibilities and, and topics we need to talk about. Sure. So Joe, it, it kind of sounds to me, and when I think about the situation as a whole, it sounds to me like there's, you know, the issues that need to be considered, of course, by the inheritor themselves, but also the matriarch and maybe the patriarch that are, are gifting the wealth in the first place. Like there's, there's a lot of angles to this and there are multiple people that should be considering what goes into this, correct? There is. It's multifaceted because who's giving it and who's receiving it, right? There's family wealth that's being transferred and everyone wants to be involved and know what, and they know or need to know what's being involved right? It can empower inheritors to achieve great things, but it can also come with that dark side, right? Who's giving the money? Who's receiving the money? And, and how someone's now going to pass it from one day substantial assets to a child or grandchild. It's important to discuss the items, sometimes baggage, sometimes key elements of what's being passed along. Mm -hmm. You know, Joe, it, I mean, our topic today, this quest for legitimacy for inheritors, I feel like one of the bigger challenges or, or thought processes rather that pop into inheritors heads is this idea of self doubt or even guilt in some instances, maybe depending on how that wealth was matriculated in the first place. What types of inheritors tend to experience that self doubt or that guilt? I mean, do you find that it impacts some more so than others? What, what does this look like? It does. I think you can break them down into two general categories, Ryan. Ultimately, there are the stereotypical bad seeds, those that are going to spend and live recklessly, ravishly. And you may think, well, 
it's their money now, who cares? But if it took a family and maybe one or two or multi-generations to build it up to just go and live narcissistically and spend it all, is that what the family really intended for this to be done? Oftentimes you would say no. And so having that conversation ahead of time with a potential family members and inheritors can help them understand that a lot has gone into building that family wealth. And oftentimes that would be the affluenza children, those that are focusing only on their wants, right? And not necessarily thinking of others that may either follow them or others that could benefit from that. So the bad seeds and overprivileged children can often destroy what it's taken decades to build up. So that's often one group. And, and in stark contrast, there's others that are good seeds, that are worthy of their fortunes, that are hardworking, that are socially aware and responsible. And so that group often has some things to think through and talk about because they're going to feel some burdens potentially along the way. Yeah. So, I mean, I get the bad seeds. We've heard time and time again of, of how that can really just you know, lead to the downfall really of wealth and the matriculation of it down to that bad seed. But let's let's focus on those so-called worthy heirs that you mentioned. Is this where we tend to see more of that, that the issues of validation and legitimacy? Is, is that, that am I correct in saying that? Yes, I would I would agree with that wholeheartedly. And there are those to accept who they are and what they have and they are extremely wealthy. They are wealthy inheritors that are well-adjusted. They're mature, they're responsible. They're doing things that are not only important to them, but important to others. And they could be second-guessing some things with respect to how they deal with their fortunes. Those good heirs may not have earned the wealth, but they feel no sense of entitlement. And so now all of a sudden they feel like they've got to prove their wealth and that they have to validate what they do with this going forward. So there's one of the topics that we need to discuss as well is how they deal with it themselves is important, not only for themselves, but for the family. Sure, sure. I mean, I'm tracking with all of this, Joe, but I want to get into the why now, because I mean, that's, I feel like that's what begs to be discussed at the moment is why do you believe that need to, to prove themselves, you know, worthy and deserving of that inheritance? Why is that a problem in the first place? Because it sounds, you know, to some, it might even sound like, oh, that's good. They're taking the right step forward. You know, hey, they care about the wealth, but why, why is this a problem in some instances? Uh, see, wealth can be a double-edged sword, right? Mm -hmm. It can motivate and it can do damage. It can do it internally, it can do it externally. So inheritors want to seek validation for their wealth and often put significant pressure on themselves. Their hardwired personality traits just say, look, I want to accomplish great things. I have a lot of money. I'm going to try and live up to either the internal pressure they put on themselves or possibly a, a family member or generations, right? Recently, we've had grandkids inherit from the grandparents. But now, will the parents put pressure on the children? That's yet to play out. And so you can see sometimes this happens both directly or indirectly. Parents have taught children certain things, or and they even taught them indirectly, or have they spoken certain things into the children's lives, and now they're living through those scripts. And the age of the inheritors play into that, right? What are they going to do at certain stages of their lives as an inheritor? So understanding where the inheritor is in both their professional life and their personal life, where they are, if they're single or if they're married, if they have children themselves, all plays into it. 
because the pressure of good rich heirs often feel they run the risk of encountering the same outcomes as the bad seed heirs. Mm -hmm. So all of that, you know, we all think that we're better than others or often do, but you still could have some of the same problems just comes from a different place. Sure, sure, Joe. So then in that case, for those individuals, you know, the, you know, the worthy heirs that do feel that pressure, do you and your team over at Kaleo Wealth Management Group, do you guys find that there maybe there are some smarter ways then for them to go out and get that validation that they do hope and, and you know, is there a, is there a, you know, a tactfully and tactical approach to making sure they do get the validation they're looking for? Yeah, there are a couple of ways, Ryan, that we see oftentimes, right? First, oftentimes it's coming from a family-owned business and staying in the family business is the most common way, but oftentimes then a new generation may want to cut their own path. And some of those could then be a non-family-owned business or pursue their own business, their own entrepreneurship, if you will. Separate from that is oftentimes what are they doing within the community? Are they doing something that may be a little different or philanthropic? And so thinking about what they want to do within the community can help them as they do it. Now, that doesn't have to be separate and distinct all the time. There can be overlap, but that's kind of a separate topic in that. Are they business savvy or not? If they are, great. They could be looking at some game-changing company that demonstrates that inheritor's creativity or business acumen. I hear you there. And Joe, for like, you know, for some of those inheritors, I mean, they're born into a family business. It's maybe all they've ever known. It's, I mean, it's the, it's the topic of conversation over dinner every night. I get how there can be a natural path leading them into maybe running that company one day, but let's talk about those that are maybe not so business savvy, or maybe don't even just have a genuine interest in doing that with their lives. When the time comes, walk me through what this looks like for them and what their options are. Well, we just touched on it, right? We talked about the philanthropic side of things. And oftentimes those who have large wealth will also have a philanthropic side. So somebody that maybe not be as business savvy can focus on the charitable giving, whether it's serving on boards, making donations or both. And so that's often a focus that we'll see that someone that doesn't have as, as good a business acumen and drive new business growth can still make sure that they maintain and do well with what they have and put those dollars to good use in the charities and causes that are meaningful to them and their communities. And that can then boost their status and and demonstrate, you know, good morale and social priorities. And they're not mutually exclusive by any way. And often we see people on both sides of the fence. They just may focus more on one, either business or charitable than the other. So that way they don't have to feel like they're a failure by any stretch, but it's a way to channel the energy and focus on things that they can make a difference. Yeah. I mean, Joe, it sounds like to me, it's, it's something that they can, they can really call their own. They can wrap their arms around it, feel good about it. And there's, I mean, you just listed a handful of different intangible benefits that come with, you know, owning something like that, going that charitable route. So Joe, as we're kind of bringing our conversation to a head here today, uh, it seems ultimately really like this, this, the key really for inheritors is to be sure that they're living meaningful lives. I mean, at the end of the day, that's what counts the most, you know, that meaningful life as they define it. Would you say I'm correct in that? And what does that look like for them? You know? Yeah, absolutely. Ryan, right. They've got to plant their flag in something meaningful. 
And so oftentimes a business or oftentimes a charity and a combination of both, right? How many times do we see someone, uh, one part of a family, husband, wife team or a partnership, right? That one person's out doing the business and the other's doing the charity work for a family, right? And the same thing for an inheritor. Choose what you want to choose, but you're right. You want to have some meaning. So the bottom line is the inheritors who seek the feelings of validation and legitimacy can often channel that into some success and the opportunities that are afforded to them by this money, by this inherited wealth. And the inheritors then can spend much of their lives removing the doubts and the uncertainties and moving towards success, however it is that they measure it. And so they can eliminate the not measuring up and doing what it is that is then successful. Oh, Joe, I, I love that. And, and, you know, there's just a lot that goes into this process at this moment. I mean, we talked about it in our prior episode of really, you know, preparing the errors for that moment, the day it comes, but, but when it still comes, it's still a big moment. It's life-changing. So there's a lot that goes into this conversation. So Joe, for anybody in our audience, you know, that, that's watching this and this conversation's really resonating with them, maybe they're at a point in their life where that, that wealth matriculation is coming up uh, and maybe they're interested in just continuing continuing this conversation with you, diving into their specific circumstances and getting you and your team's take on that. How would, what would be the best way they could go ahead and reach out to you guys to maybe just continue this conversation and get that ball rolling? Yeah, Ryan, we've got several families that we're working with right now, and we're having conversations with mom and dad about what they're going to give their kids, when they're going to give it and how they'd like to see that continue. And so we're having a multi-step conversation with not only mom and dad, but the inheritors, if you will, about the importance of this money and what they'd like to see, but they also know ultimately it's in their control and how it can be used. And it's interesting, a lot of them pushed back initially at first, but as we explain the importance of it, they've all gotten on board. All of the families have gotten on board. First mom and dad, and then the conversations, because they were a little unsure. They thought, you know, it's their money. Let's give it to them and let them do with it. Now they, you know what? I want to express to them what we've done and how we were successful. They want to see their kids be successful in the next generation, not only materialistically, but also as a family. And so they feel like this is an important next step for that to continue. So we're happy to engage them in a multifamily conversation and walk the parents or the, the givers first, and then the inheritors would follow. So it's an exciting time. Oh, absolutely, Joe. No, I appreciate you. And hey, I appreciate you carving some time out of your busy day. I know you got you got a company to run, you got clients to take care of. So it's good to have you here with us to kind of chat through this topic and uh, looking forward to having you back on another episode down the line. Thanks, Ryan. See you soon. Absolutely. And hey, look, we want to take one final moment, as always, to thank you guys, our audience, for jumping aboard and being with us here on the episode today. If you liked what you saw and you liked what you heard, maybe the conversation resonated with you, do us a favor, like the show, comment on it, subscribe to it on whichever platform that you're checking us out on today. And then, of course, share this information with friends, family, business owners, really anybody that you think would benefit from these types of conversations. I mean, at the end of the day, it's in the show title. It's your money and a cup of joe. We got Joe here to, to really tap into some of these great wealth management discussions and uh, and really these same discussions that he's having with his clients on a regular basis. And we've got some great topics teed up for you down the line. They would hate to have you and yours miss out on. So for Mr. Joe Kaleo, I'm Ryan Ruff. We're going to go ahead and say so long, but we appreciate you guys being with us one more time here on today's installment of Your Money and a Cup of Joe.
This presentation is for informational and educational purposes only and should not be relied upon as investment advice or the basis for making any investment decisions. The views and opinions expressed may not be those of UBS Financial Services Incorporated. UBS Financial Services Incorporated does not verify and does not guarantee the accuracy or completeness of the information presented. This material is made available for use by CEG. Neither UBS Financial Services Incorporated nor any of its employees provide tax or legal advice. You should consult with your personal tax or legal advisor regarding your personal circumstances. As a firm providing wealth management services to clients, UBS Financial Services Incorporated offers investment advisory services in its capacity as an SEC registered investment advisor and brokerage services in its capacity as an SEC registered broker dealer. Investment advisory services and brokerage services are separate and distinct, differ in material ways, and are governed by different laws and separate arrangements. It is important that clients understand the ways in which we conduct business, that they carefully read the agreements and disclosures that we provide to them about the products or services we offer. For more information, please review the PDF document at UBS.com slash relationship summary. UBS Financial Services Incorporated is a subsidiary of UBS AEG, member FINRA, member SIPC. Joe Kaleo at Kaleo Wealth Management Group, UBS Financial Services Incorporated. Office address 200 West Highway 6, Suite 400 in Waco, Texas, 76712.